Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Everybody's got the jiggles today. What is that about? Everybody jiggles. I don't know what we call Maybe it. Giggles? No, they're not giggles. You're jiggling. You're all, you're shaking. Well, that's that's because of my well, I don't body wanna, form. But not I, because I, I don't want to <laughs> say it's the shakes because everyone's got the shakes today. Because that's like that sounds like you're you know you're having withdrawals, wiggles. The Wiggles, maybe. Yeah. The Wiggles, that's that group from Australia. Actually, one of you had the Jiggles and one had the Wiggles. <laughs> I mean that from the bottom of my heart. In the kindest way possible. Yeah. I mean it in the kindest way possible. Hey, here's the deal. Now, you guys never experience this, but uh, <clears throat> here's the deal. Sometimes people are hard to deal with. You know, really? really? They're weird. My life's perfection, so I don't know what you're talking some, about. S- some people are just weird. They're just strange, and you don't understand them. But you know, you got to because hey, hello, it's like your mom, yeah, or your friend. It could be your neighbor. It could be your spouse, and you have to coexist. It's like, uh, yeah, so many differences. Hey, um, James Mallory called. Mallory, who's is that her name? name? Molly. No, Molly. Molly. <laughs> Molly called. Yeah. Uh, some of you remember back on the show a few weeks ago. Was it a week ago? Probably. Um, we talked a lot about James, how he had bought a, a present for his friend Molly, uh, aka Mallory, aka uh, Malkovich. John. <laughs> uh, no, we, we have a lot of names for her because he won't tell us her real name. So we make up names for her. So it actually sounds like he's dating 12 women. Ooh. Malkovich really, but, is her middle name, though. It's Molly oh. Malkovich. Oh, Molly Malkovich. Yeah. yeah. It's not her last name. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. That's a cute name, though. That would give, <laughs> that would give too much away if we actually gave out her last she, name. She actually won't give us the name. But anyway, he bought her a present for her birthday. Yeah. Two. Was it two? Yeah. The, or was it a set? It was a pair. Okay, yeah. So it was one pair. It was a, one pair of knives. Yeah. Well, she called today. Oh, yeah? Did she? She called. And uh, she got her first, um, I think they call it installment. Her first payment. Is due. Is due. Yeah, about that. So the knives that you bought your friend, Mallory, maybe Mm. possibly your future wife, was really just a trial set. Yes. They were demo knives. Demo knives that she was supposed to demo, and then if she keeps them, she has three payments of $99. Yeah, so it was a 30-day trial. Yeah, but they're easy payments. I was assured that they'd be very uh, hassle-free. Easy. They're very easy. Anyway, she's kind of mad. She's mad. She feels like you uh, bait and switched her. Well, the salesman assured me that they were great quality knives, so I don't see how she could possibly be mad. Well, I think she thought you would actually be paying for them. Huh. Really? Mm -hmm. Weird. Do people do that for birthdays? Yeah. And Well, no, they don't. That's the point. People don't do that for birthdays. Okay. You did. I thought it was a thing. No, no. Okay. No. It's kind of like me buying you a car and and then you get the car payment the next month. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) No money down, zero interest, no down payment or whatever, and then all of a sudden you get the first payment. But I'm like, hey, I bought your car. Surprise. 
Oh, you're so great, Dad. Thanks. Yeah, well, it's about three ninety nine. <laughs> Good luck. A month. <laughs> Don't forget to insure it. Anyway, she's mad, and so I just wanted you to know that because she called me fuming. Yeah, that's. I, thank you for the heads up. Mm-hmm. Now I know what's coming. She said when you come over tonight, uh, she's going to give the knives back. Oh boy! That she said. She actually Ooh, said I'd she's be careful. With yeah, that. She, she actually said, "Watch your back." <laughs> I'm going to give the knives back. Yeah, in your back. It's could weird. be could be projectiles as well. Who knows? Uh-huh. Anyway. <sighs> Just thought I'd bring that up. Oh, thank you. And, uh, you know, today's show, we're talking about understanding others. So we're going to try to figure out why someone would just set someone up for a payment plan on a birthday present. You know, I, I thought it was legit. Well, you know, so much for thinking. Anyway. Just lack of understanding. It is. Right? It is. I understand. Hey, uh, let's go um, to the headlines. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. Dateline, Sydney. Sydney, Australia. My nephew and his new bride are in Sydney as we speak. Sweet. Beautiful. This is from the Sydney Morning Herald. Okay. Published on October 6, 2014. Hmm. Very relatively new Mm -hmm. news. It's only nine days old. The headline, four ways of communicating that are killing your relationship. Really? Mumbling? Really? No. Mumbling is one of them. No. Grunting? No. Hmm. These are actually from John Gottman. Oh, Johnny Gottman. Okay, let's go. From his book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. John Gottman's been on the show, uh, Marriage Relationship Guru. Exactly. Excellent. The first one, criticism. Hmm. In other words, stating a problem in a relationship as a defect in the partner. Yeah. So it's like you're 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 being yeah. critical and personal. Yeah, you didn't call me back. You're just so selfish. So oh yeah. See, anytime you you throw a name on it like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another one, defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, you say something like that to a person that you didn't call me, so you're so selfish. Yeah. What are they going to do? They're they've got to defend. Exactly. Let's say somebody gave you some knives. Yeah. And signed you up for a payment plan, and it was all in a you know in an, an illusion that it was your As birthday. a gift. Yeah. You'd get defensive. And if you have a knife, you know, you'd probably shank someone. Maybe. Weird. Well, if you were in a prison, you definitely would. Yeah. Well, Hmm. let's see. Uh, The number four way of communicating that's killing your relationship, contempt. Mm. When you uh, make a statement about your partner from a superior place. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you're condescending. Exactly. Mm, Cry me a river and build a bridge. Whoa. Name-calling, yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. Not helping. No. Not helping at all. Not a good way to do this. And the fourth way, stonewalling. These are the four horsemen. Yes, they are. How'd you get that? Because I'm a highly trained professional. <laughs> Thank you very much. Stonewalling. Yes. And now, not necessarily, you know, just tuning out. You don't tune out, You just, but you just, you argue circularly. Yeah, you don't really get anything done. And and a lot of people m- might be doing this tactic to kind of calm things down. Well, a lot of people call this politics. Yeah, they do, don't they? We see a lot of stonewalling <laughs> in politics. But, you know, you, you can't just sit there and, and, and if it's going to be a fight, let it be a fight. Yeah. It's probably better to get the fight done and over with than to just let it keep growing and going. It's like a, it's like a growth. Yes. Fights are like a growth. If It's better to just... Let it grow. Let it grow. 
that's the wrong words. Oh, did she say let it go? Yeah, she said let it go. Yeah, you know, the let it grow song never took off. It didn't, no. Like the let it go song. That was from Sesame Street, though, wasn't it? <laughs> was it? I don't know. Yeah, you plant grow. something, let it grow. The, yeah, there's the lesser known single, Let It Grow. Mm-hmm. Never really took off. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a pity. It, was it a is song. sad because that it moved me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think you might be able to add a fourth there, although maybe this is in, in this is encompassed by one of the four. That had the four. You already yeah. had four. So you'd add a fifth? But I well, yeah, lying. Yeah, but see lying Does I that... guess could be a form of stonewalling. Okay. Right? Yeah, it's probably but what if you have to have to lie? Why would you have to lie? I have a reason. I, did you lie to me? Is that what we're talking about? No, no. Oh, you have another story. Yes, I do. Okay. This is uh, a lady by the name of Anna Store. Anna Store. Mm-hmm. Not her real name, by the way. Yes, it is. She's a liar. She's the oldest living person in Minnesota. Really? 114 years wow, old. Wow, congratulations. That's she just cool. had her birthday last Sunday, actually. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do for your 114th birthday? Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what she was doing on her birthday, but she actually uh, made friends with a, a gentleman who uh, is a Verizon sales representative and sold her uh, her uh, uh, her 85-year-old son, bought an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. 85-year-old son. Yeah. Go to your but, but room. The, the sales representative was very nice. <laughs> yeah. And he actually drove two hours to Anna's house to help her learn how to email, learn how to use Google, and to, sign up, and to sign up for Facebook. Yeah. Really nice guy. Have you ever tried to teach a senior yes. about yeah, I, technology? Yes. I have to talk, talk to my mother a lot, yeah. actually. It's hard. Yeah. But Plus, what a great guy. That's good. Anna had to lie in order to get onto Facebook. Really? Yes. Because they don't now, have her age category. My, my children would love to lie about their age my, in order to get onto Facebook. My son would love to lie, too. Yeah. Yeah. But Anna had to do it because Facebook doesn't let you choose a date of birth before 1905. Oh, man. Facebook. I know. <sighs> so she had to lie about her age. That's ridiculous. In order to get on Facebook. Mm, it's wrong. I know. They should change the standards of Facebook. People over 110 years old can't get onto Facebook. Seriously. Congress needs to take this on. Mark Zuckerberg, we're starting a movement right now. Right now. Right here. Right here. Yes. (laughs) Facebook for centenarians. That's a great idea. Well, I'm sorry for her. And we have a theme song for you as we go out here. Well, great. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this incredibly rich discussion about understanding others. In fact, Beverly Flaxington is going to be joining us. She's written the book on it. Learning how to understand others. We're out of here, my friends. little music from the doors. People are strange. Ain't that the truth? Welcome back, my friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hakuna Matata. That brings back great memories uh, of with my children. I think I watched Lion King 400 times. My son loved it. We'd act it out. 
<laughs> were you holding him up? I'd hold him up. <laughs> you know, there is a uh, a sports team, a baseball sports team, and I cannot remember which one it is. I think it might be the Seattle Mariners. Instead of the kiss cam, mm-hmm. they now have the kid cam, and they want you to hold your kid up like, like the Lion King. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> I couldn't lift my kids. My kids are big. That's the my my wife's family line. Tall, big, strong, strapping people. Um, welcome back to the program, folks. Today, have we got a show for you. Have you ever had a hard time understanding other people? Have you ever had a hard time, you know, getting to know them, getting where they're coming from, figuring out how they think, what motivates them? Well, today, have we got a guest for you. Uh, Beverly Flaxington is on the phone with us. She is a renowned personal and career coach and a corporate trainer and business development expert. She's the co-founder of The Collaborative, uh, which is a develop, which is a sales and marketing consultancy. She has an MBA uh, from Suffolk University. She's also an adjunct professor there as well and uh, is the author of Understanding Other People. Make the Shift is another book she's written, and Make Your Shift, three books, plus another book we um, we found that we're fascinated about, ready to be trained by Beverly on the air today, 30 Days to Understanding Other People, A Daily Guide to Improving Relationships. Beverly Flaxington, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Oh, gosh, I'm always so happy to be here, Matt. Thanks for inviting me back. You bet. It's great to have you back. Uh, you, We learned so much last time that we're thinking, okay, we got to get Beverly here, start picking her brain, because people, I don't know if you know this, Beverly, people are different. <laughs> One of my favorite lines to my clients, Matt, when they're complaining about something in their business, I say, you know, if there were no people, there'd be no problems. <laughs> That's so true. There'd also be no business. <laughs> That's so true, though, huh? I mean, how many times have you thought, oh, this world would be so much better without people? <laughs> it's sad. But, you know, it wouldn't be a world, would it? It would just be you. But I was laughing when you were, you know, asking your questions because you really do want to be able to pause and say, you know, is there anyone listening out there that didn't answer yes That's to right. that? Because it you? really is the chronic human condition that we struggle in this area. And yet it's weird because we, we kind of know we don't get each other very well, but we also think we do, you know, because I'm a human and you're a human. So it, it, do we just do we just assume a lot about each other? We do, you know. Of course, we we do that uh, fun thing called projection, yeah. and that's where you know I I know what you really meant by that. You might have said this, but I know what you really right. meant. Or you know, we observe somebody's behavior and we think, well, if I was doing that, I know what would be going on with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't recognize the fact that we do have these differences. And you know, and it's like a situation where you know you're somewhere and you hear somebody talking loudly and you start thinking, oh, that person's so rude, and what's their problem? And they should calm down, and then you turn the corner, you know, maybe it's an aisle in the supermarket, and it's your next-door neighbor that you love, and it's just, you know, this really great person, and all of a sudden, they're not rude anymore, no. they're, they're the person you adore. Yeah, isn't that, it is, it really, and so we've, we're very selective in our brain, and, and we make sense in a way, I guess, that suits us when it comes to trying to understand another person. So we don't necessarily see people as they are, we see them more as we are, right? Yes. So we see them as we are. We certainly see them as, you know, what we think is right. You know, one of the issues that we have is that we do have those judgments that we've developed, and there are certain ways you should treat me, and there's certain ways you should behave, and there's certain things you should do. And if you're not 
in alignment with all of that, then I'm irritated. I'm mm. upset. I, you know, you're rocking my boat. You bet. It's amazing to the degree we can let other people upset us. It really is. And especially because here we sit with so many people around us that we want relationships with, our family, our work coworkers, employees, everybody around us, our love interests, our children. But so we want to improve relationships, but a lot is keeping us from that. Talk about what keeps us from really improving the relationship with others. Well, you know, I think there's one big thing, and it is a lot of the reason why I wrote the book as as 30 Days, because what happened when I wrote my first book about understanding other people is people would get in touch with me and they'd say, you know, I really, I like what you're writing and it resonates with me, but how do I do it? You yeah. know, I'm I'm wired a certain way. I'm not able to make these changes. I read this, it makes sense, but then... When I get into a situation with my child, my spouse, my boss, it all goes out the window. Yeah. So I think one of the things, Matt, really is spending a little bit of time just getting to know for each of us what we're triggered by. You know, what is it that because something that's bothersome to you might not be to me and vice versa. Right. So we're working with that same person. Every time, you know, he or she comes in my office, I just, you know, my back is up. And you think, you know, I have absolutely no problem with that person. (laughs) So something triggers me that doesn't trigger you. And so, you know, first of all, it's really starting to get a bit of awareness as simple as it sounds, but it's harder to do because we we spend time, you know, I'm looking at you as the problem. I'm right. not looking at what gets triggered in me. Well, and it's so much easier to see how messed up you are. You meaning outside of me. I mean, it's... <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. you've been talking well, to my kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, Beverly, your kids call. They say you need help. But really, we can see everyone else. I love that idea of knowing your triggers. And I really am interested in the idea of your book, The 30 Days to Understanding Other People, because you're right. We we all assume we get relationships. We we get it because it's natural. We all know how to talk. Hello. Who can't listen? But the the reality is doing it is is a lot harder. And I think you're on to something when you say we've got to know what triggers us because your triggers aren't my triggers. And and yet it's so funny. I always joke that uh, when I talk to couples, if you don't know what your triggers are, just ask your spouse because they've been pulling those triggers for years. <laughs> they know exactly what gets you. I love that. But isn't that so interesting? Because it's true that someone on the outside. Yeah can watch it, and yet we think we're being completely objective, right? <laughs> completely, uh, this this is so black and white yep. that I should be upset about this. And yet we really do have to look at what is it that's setting it off in me. One of the things, Matt, that, you know, that prompted me uh, to start to, you know, write the 30 days, too, was that what I was starting to do, because I wanted to blog and I wanted to look for different examples on relationship things. Yeah. So what I would do is I'd be just going through my normal day-to-day, and I would notice something in me. And, and let's do an example. Like, I, you know, I'm driving through my neighborhood, and my neighbor is coming out of the street too fast and doesn't stop at the stop sign, and I'm starting to say some not very nice things in my 
head about this person who's driving this car, and right. then lo and behold, it's a person that I like. <laughs> and so I started to just really question for myself, like, what is that about? You know, have you, you know, Bev, have you ever been driving a little faster than you should? Have mm-hmm. you ever been, you know, kind of rushing to get somewhere? And and so it was just really helpful for me, Matt, to kind of look at just a vignette, you know, one little slice of my day and start to think about it in a in a bigger context. And so that's kind of the theory behind just taking it one day at a time and even one incident at a time. You bet. To try to look at it, you know, more objectively. Because you're really just trying to I guess tune I mean the the our brains are incredible. We just don't usually direct our brain to our issues or our improvement. We kind of it seems like we direct it outward. But you're just saying if we could get our brains thinking and focusing um, on our triggers, our thoughts, our self-talk, the stuff that we're doing inside of our head, it's going to it's going to make a difference. Well, I think it at least gives us more choice because people have said to me over time, and I agree, let's say that you've got a spouse who is abusive or let's say that you have a child that, you know, is swearing at you or, you know, my approach is not to say, look at why you're upset about it and all behavior should be tolerated, but it's to say, you know, we are very road in a lot of our responses. We get ourselves into situations with someone where it's a negative situation and we'd like to back out and and have a do-over. And all I'm saying is sometimes if we could kind of catch ourselves and just at least question it or look at it a little bit more objectively, we'd maybe have more choice in that moment. We may still choose the best thing for me is to get away from you right now, but I'm doing it more objectively and consciously rather than just, you know, reacting. That's great. We are talking with uh, Beverly Flaxington today. Again, you've got to go check out her website, understandingotherpeople.com understandingotherpeople.com. Uh, it's a wonderful site, just just based on, really, her book, 30 Days to Understanding Other People, A Daily Guide to Improving Relationships. When we come back, we're going to ask Beverly, are people really as confusing as we make them out to be? Are they really that mysterious, or are they fairly predictable? We'll take a break. More about understanding people up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about understanding others. A little Eric Clapton. Would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Probably not. You're just that jerk that used to irritate me on this earth. Uh, when we get down to it, folks, we, we're pretty unique individuals. You know, we all want to hold up our differences and, and, you know, and, and highlight how unique and incredible we are. But maybe when it comes right down to it, too... A lot of us are very, very similar. So maybe if we could understand, um, you know, people better, we might be able to cut through some of the mystery, cut through some of the confusion. And we've asked a, a special guest to be back with us today. Beverly's been on the show before. We love her insight. Uh, Beverly Flaxington is her name. She's a coach, a career coach, a trainer, and an author. She's an author. Uh, she's written the book Understanding Other People. And another, she's written a couple of other books as, as well, uh, Make the Shift and Make Your Shift. 
But uh, one book we're talking about a lot today is 30 Days to Understanding Other People, a daily guide to improving relationships, which you can find out there in the book world, Amazon.com, pretty much anywhere, I would bet. Uh, 30 Days to Understanding Other People, Beverly Flaxington, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Matt. Happy to be here. Hey, uh, are people really as as complicated as we make them? Are they really so confusing or... You know, are we just misunderstanding? Well, I think that we do have certain expectations. We have uh, thoughts about what's right and the way that things should be. And we know all too well, Matt, that most people don't necessarily cooperate with us, let's say. (laughs) That's right. And because they don't cooperate with us, we do look at them as you have a problem. You know, you take take a, a couple, somebody who's very talkative and someone else who is more thoughtful, doesn't like to talk as much. You know, the talkative person thinks, well, you know, they, they, it's, pretty clear, right? We should be sharing things. We should just be talking about it. The non-talkative person has something very important going on. They haven't said a word. That talkative spouse is going to look and say, what the heck is wrong with this person? Why wouldn't you talk about it? Of course you would talk about it. Well, sure. I mean, they would, yeah. but that other person would. And I think we do that all day long. And if you get a few things on your list, Matt, right, you're checking off, oh, not talkative, yep. you know, not sociable, right. <laughs> not high energy, something wrong with you. <laughs> Next, we need a new one. Then we go find another person. That I guess that's one of the keys to humans, though, is we need to understand they're going to be a little different, but also understand that th- they're not really trying to make your life miserable. Other people aren't, they're not born to just suck the life out of you. <laughs> Is that right, Beth? Because sometimes you wonder. I, I have to say, again, I'll go back. There is the, there is a parenting piece that I think there's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Children were born to suck the life out of you. That's true. And I'm actually kidding. I have three fabulous children, <laughs> so I really do joke. But I like to say that they um, they definitely remind me, Matt, that when you think you have this down, you don't, and you need to learn something else. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Hey, what what are some of the things we obviously misunderstand? in people? Well, I definitely think communication style is a big one. So we do have preferences in the way that we communicate. I used a simple example, someone's talkative, someone's not talkative. But it could be something like being fast-paced, right? Wanting those, you know... Yeah, the speed of how you communicate. Right? Somebody else is more thoughtful, slower. That's a big one, I think. Another one is just in terms of our sensitivity to the people around us. So, you know, we have different levels of caring about others, of kind of social value, if you will. And if I have a high social value, a high care for others value, I'm going to be concerned about your needs and worry about you and call you. And But, you know, if another person doesn't, they're not going to do it. And right. so you may look and say, well, gosh, she's nice. She cared. This other person, they could care less. But it's really just a different value set. Yeah, and it's not necessarily about caring, is it? It's just it's a it's a value set or a style set. Yes, it really is value. They just care differently. That plays out as caring. You're yep. absolutely right. Comes across as I care more. That other person could care a lot, mm-hmm. but they're not going to act it out the same way. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I think having that, just knowing that people are different that way, and I wouldn't even just, I mean, we always talk about the male-female differences, but I would just, cultural differences are huge. Uh, education differences, you know, just there's so many differences. So maybe it's just easier to assume everyone's different instead of assuming everyone's like us. See, wouldn't that be, though, something that really would, I think, in a way, make life more interesting is if you approach each person in the sense of, I want to learn about this person, right? rather than I want to put them in the box that I want them in and then be furious because they won't stay in their box. Yep, I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get people in a box, right? They get mad. We don't like it. <laughs> Nobody wants that. You know, we don't like to be, we don't like to have those labels put on us. You know, when yeah. the spouse says, oh, you're just a stuck in the mud because I'm not talkative or something. Uh-huh. None of us like that. What we do like is to be understood. So if we could approach one another in the sense of, let me understand something about you. Matt, it doesn't mean, kumbaya, that we're going to like everybody. Mm-hmm. We're going to get along with them. But we might at least learn something about them. Yeah. I mean, heaven forbid we're learning from each other, huh? Hey, we're going to take a break, Bev. And when we, oh, uh, actually, we've got a few more minutes. Here's what I'm thinking, though. Um, I really would love you to start teaching us from your book. Again, you wrote the book, 30 Days to Understanding Other People, A Guide to Improving Relationships. What are some of the steps we could start doing today that might help us to learn more from those people that are so different and so sometimes frustrating, and yet that we love and we want to connect in a more rich way with. So I'll say three steps to make it easy for people. Okay. The first is you do want to set off each day with the intention that you do want to learn something about someone else or about yourself in relationship. Hmm. So it's really important to say, I'm going to commit to do it. I just want to focus on this one thing. Find one thing today. The second is you need to then find that thing and look at what is going on in the situation. Be more objective, Matt. So it's taking it from, you know, my daughter came in and, you know, she's late again and I'm about to go off on how disrespectful she is. And instead, I'm going to catch myself. Mm. What is actually happening here? You know, she came in late, doesn't make her a terrible kid, doesn't make me a terrible mom. I need to explore what is that mm-hmm. about? Why do you continue to come in late when I ask you for a certain time? So I'm more, I call it doing detective work. Yeah. I'm I, making it more objective. I, I love the word objective. Um, I, I just taught this in a class last night because when you just write then the example you just gave of being more objective is where you you went more into the facts, the data, kind of as the detective, and less into the interpretation. So it's like the data is she was late. The interpretation is she's irresponsible, and it seems like where we end up getting in a fight or having problems is when we're throwing out too much interpretation, and and we don't have the data to back it. You're just saying be more objective, meaning gather more data first. Exactly, and it changes my – here's the secret to this, Matt, and it doesn't mean that she's not late. Right. She's late, right? right? She's late. Data, fact. But it totally changes my approach to her. And instead of setting off a cycle, right, yeah. that now she hates me and she goes in a room and slams the door and I feel like, oh, I handled that so poorly again. Yeah. Instead, 
I'm able to explore it with her. And what's so fascinating is it puts her in a really different place because she's ready for the fight. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Especially if if I don't think you're getting all the data, Mom. You don't know why I was late. You don't know because we don't know her whole story. We don't exactly. know all of the other data. We just know that one point. And it's, that's human nature, right? We, we get a little data point, and then we quickly interpret so that we can be efficient. And yet we're trying to be effective, not just efficient here. Well, and I think, you know, what I say is, because I'm a highly efficient person in my life, but, you know, relationships yeah. are the one place that efficiency sometimes yeah. we have to throw that it out the window. doesn't work. Yeah. Can we, yeah, it's like efficiently, Stephen Covey's son, Sean, or uh, Stephen M.R. Covey, uh, talked to, oh, it was actually Sean Covey, who, who said he, he tried to break up uh, with, a, with his girlfriend. It just wasn't working. But he, um, so he put it in his planner, uh, break up with Stacy. <laughs> and he had, like, he had a half hour to do it between like practice and homework. And he went and tried to break up with Stacy and she got all emotional on him. And oh, really? Dude? I know. And you should have heard what Stephen said about the whole thing. But he's like, you can't be efficient breaking up with somebody. So anyway, it wasn't working in the half hour allotment of time. So he finally just got back together with her. <laughs> well, let's just get back together because we, we need to. Yeah, we'll break up later when we have more time. Well, I have to say, you know, as as we've been talking, I was looking, I wanted to try to find this quote in the book. One of the things that was fun to do was go out and find, uh, you know, people like, you know, Kobe, like yourself, yeah. like people that know a lot about relationship. But there's one great quote, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, no one would talk much in society if he knew how often he misunderstands others. Oh, that's, that's a great quote. That's true. <laughs> And that's the thing. I think it is absolutely the truth. So, you know, you're, you're going into your day, you're, you're looking for it. You're finding that one opportunity to stand back and just be a little bit more objective. Exactly what you were teaching folks, Matt. You're moving it from instead of being triggered and giving in to the emotions, what's really happening here. And then the third step is you then have to make the conscious choice. I may still decide I'm going to yell at my daughter. Uh-huh. But I'm deciding it consciously. Yeah. That is what I want to do right now. And most of us aren't going to make that choice, but sometimes mm-hmm. you know, maybe that feels like that's the right thing to do. I love that. And, and then what's great do- about it, because it's intentional, is yeah. you don't – it was a choice. It wasn't reactive. It was, you made it intentionally. So it's, you'll probably feel less regret, less guilt because you thought it through. Yes. Which might – you know. Eliminate the next discussion or the next problem or the next fight. Beverly, we've got to take a break, but we, I, we're going to come back and have you keep teaching us. Again, more with Beverly Flaxington. Uh, go to her website, understandingotherpeople.com. She has another website, uh, www.the-collaborative.com. The-collaborative.com. More uh, on understanding others. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Today we're talking about understanding others. That was uh, Bonnie Raitt. I can't make you love me, but I can make you miserable and just slowly, slowly ruin your day. Then you'll love me. You know, isn't that weird? It's just the things we do to keep people wanting us. You know, the constant nagging and moaning and griping and ignoring. Oh, humans, come on. Today we are talking to the pro who's helping us to better understand how to work and, and, and deal with people. And, and not just deal, but engage and enjoy and maximize our relationships with other people. Her name is Beverly Flax, Flaxington. She's a renowned personal and career coach, a corporate trainer. She has her own company. She's a co-founder of The Collaborative, which is a sales and marketing consultancy company. She has an MBA from Suffolk University. She's also an adjunct faculty professor there as well. And is the author of the book we're talking about today, 30 Days to Understanding Other People, A Daily Guide to Improving Relationships, which you can find on our website, understandingotherpeople.com. Beverly, welcome back. Thank you, Matt. I'm enjoying it as always. It's fun. You know, Bev, it's like we don't we don't hang out enough. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, let's face it. These are topics that there's a lot to cover. <laughs> oh, there really is. That's why we just we'll just keep having you back because you just you, you're a you have this incredible knowledge, and we're going to pick your brain till you're dry. It That's sounds okay. it sounds pretty it sounds pretty gross, but as, as long as you understand me, Matt. Okay, as long as I can get what's going on in your head. Give us so you you've given us three steps to understanding people. Uh, start your life, start your day daily with an intention to learn something about others or yourself. Be more objective when you're dealing with people. Don't just don't just react emotionally to everything that's going on, but gather some data. Be objective. Try to see yourself as a an investigator, a CSI. <laughs> that sounds horrible. But um, or and then and then once you decide and you gather enough data, you can make the conscious choice to do whatever you think you need to do. Those are the three points. Exactly. And I think, you know, for the listeners thinking about this, one of the important things to point out is how every single day we are served up these opportunities to identify this. You know, I used somewhat of a, let's say, a very normal experience, my daughter coming in late, right. maybe more dramatic. It could be anything from... Um, you know, you're sitting at the dinner table, you're having a conversation and someone in the family or your roommate or, you know, says something and you just feel yourself triggered by it. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily in- engaging with them yet. You, you just know that you were triggered. You, you didn't like it. Maybe in that moment you start to look at that person a little bit differently. It could even be something as simple as that, Matt. It doesn't have to be that we're seeking, you know, these dramatic relationships right. or right it can be and and when i when i was writing the blog that led to the book it it, it was so eye opening to me how many opportunities uh-huh. i was getting served up every day because when you are looking for them you will find them oh you bet and it does teach you something each one teaches you something so and, it doesn't you know it can be more subtle i guess yeah. for people who 
feel like, well, I don't have these, you know, negative situations, or I don't feel comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, talking to someone else about this. You can do it because we're getting triggered and we're reacting inside to people all the time. You bet. Well, and what's great is if your goal is learning, then every relationship is teaching you. So imagine every breakup. If we had been learning our entire life, every breakup we've had would have taught us more about ourselves and others, and we would just use that for the next one and use it for the next one in a healthy, functional way. So th- there's really no harm to seeing it, whether it's the UPS person, you know, that whatever, or your boss at work, or your friend, or your neighbor, or your daughter, or your kids. All of these things are teaching you about you, your triggers, your issues, your assumptions, and others. Well, think about it. I would say, you know, I don't know how it is uh, where you are, but we um, we have some of the, of course, the poorest drivers in the country. Oh, yeah. Here well, second to Utah, of course. <laughs> so I was making a joke because they're everywhere, right? Yeah. But, you know, no, but they're really was, concentrated in Utah, just so you know. They've all, they've all relocated <laughs> from yeah. the Boston I don't know area. what it is. Yeah. It was your constru- your big construction project drew them all to Utah. Good job. <laughs> Wide open that's right, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, look at something as simple as that. You know, I don't know about you, but that's one of the areas that I continue to work on because I will have a problem with that person who cuts me off. And yet there's a perfect example sitting alone in my car, and I do it. And, yeah. you know, I will feel those emotions coming up. I can, you know, start to think, oh, my goodness, you know, this person is so rude. What? And then right then is an opportunity to say, you know, have you never maybe, you know, made a bad decision driving and been the one that was rude? And so, you know, I may be in dialogue there with myself in the car, but it's very eye-opening because it's that choice between Mm -hmm. driving the rest of the way and just being boiling mad and, you know, ready to lash out as soon as I get out of my car or having some of that self-talk and that objectivity to say, what do I really want here? So the, the opportunities are everywhere. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's, I mean, and that's comforting. I call them choice points. And really your day, your life is made up of hundreds of choices, hundreds of moments where we've got to decide what we're going to do. And one of the decisions we're going to make as you're teaching us is how we're going to see the situation, whether we're going to learn or not, and what choice we're eventually going to make. You don't just have to make the choice that someone hands you. If somebody's a jerk to you, you don't just have to be a jerk back. You could be objective, gather some data. Now, if they're abusive, get help, right? That's We don't want people to think, yeah, I'll just take more abuse. But, you know, we, we're agents in our lives, and that, I love that that's, that's what I'm hearing is we're an agent. And also, I, I also want you to talk more about the triggers. Why, why are the triggers so important to your book, understanding, you know, the 30-day 30 30 guide? Why is that so important? So uh, let me just, I'll say to answer that, there's another quote that I have in here, Harold Nicholson. We are all inclined to judge others by our ideals, but, excuse me, to judge ourselves by our ideals, others by their acts. Mm-hmm. So, right? So my good intention, Matt, should be enough for you That's right. for my bad behavior. That's right. But your bad behavior is a problem for mm-hmm. me. And that's, again, what happens is I am triggered. So you're, you're doing something the way you said it, the way you looked at me, the way, and I react to that behavior. I don't take a moment to think, you know what? There's a person in there who probably had a reason for doing it. Yep. Something else going on. 
why am I so likely to respond quickly to this? But I think that quote kind of sums it up. I'm just going to watch what you do, and if it's not what I think you should do, I'm not going to give you a break. But I want you to understand that, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry that, you know, I, I was so rude to you or I cut you off in mid-sentence or I hung up on you. It wasn't intentional. I was just having a bad day. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's powerful. It really is. And so as you've been putting this together and the the idea that it's 30 days, I mean, 30 days to understanding other people, I've seen it when you just break it down into a little chunk that they can go work on today, they can have a little victory on it. And then tomorrow we'll do it again. And so you see that that actually changes. You can actually change and, and get people to truly become more understanding of another. You absolutely can. And we know the research is pretty clear, right, that any behavioral change, 21 days, day in, day out. Right. If you take a break from that 21 days, you've got to start the clock again. Because a lot of this is habits that we've learned. We watched our parents. We learned a certain way. This might have worked for us, uh, so we kept practicing it. So we have developed these triggers. We think they're, quote-unquote, natural or they're normal. But the truth is that if I start to look at them and if I start to make some different choices, I will start to be different in my relationships, respond differently. I've absolutely seen that it works. But I do believe that we've got to break it down, and it's got to feel doable, bite-sized, Because the idea of, let me just be a nice person, oh, I'm not going to be upset with my daughter again, Mm -hmm. it's just too big. It's not specific enough. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that bite size and that, you know, being more specific is really key. Because otherwise, yeah, what what is the change? What you know? What are we doing? We do. We do. As humans, we throw out these big, bold, I will no longer lose my temper. (laughs) <laughs> and you know that they're just, you know, one, you know, bad moment away. One iron, you know, while you're ironing your clothes breaks. And OK, here we go. So we need more specific things like breaking it into triggers, breaking it into, you know, the patterns, the habits that we're doing. What uh, as we're kind of wrapping up, we have about one minute. What do you think, Bev, is um, what's the one thing that you found is the biggest thing? I call it the one thing that makes the biggest difference. I think it is cutting yourself a break mm-hmm. and in doing so also cutting other people a break. You know, looking at this, Matt, is not an opportunity to beat up on ourselves right. because of the fact we respond with these triggers. This is the human condition. And so being able to say, not letting myself off the hook, that's different. But not beating myself up, cutting myself a break and saying, you know, if I'm doing it, somebody else probably is too. Let me really try to learn instead of judge. It sounds so like a bumper sticker, but it really is what makes the difference. Mm. I love it, Beverly. Well done, my friend. Uh, We're going to have you back. So write another book. Get on it. Get on you it, Beth. Make it, you always make it easy, Matt. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Thank I you so much. I one actually coming out next week. Oh, but <laughs> wow. Wow. Somebody needs to get a hobby. Not to be rude, but get a hobby. Hey, Beverly. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Again, everybody go check out that book, 30 Days to Understanding Other People, A Daily Guide to Improving Relationships. You can find that at understandingotherpeople.com. Plus, Beverly will be releasing a new book. 
just next week. Hey, we're taking a break, my friends. We'll come back, continue this discussion. Meg Conley's in the house. Plus, I'll do a little coach's corner. Uh, but first, let's take this break. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. A little Chicago for you. Does anybody really know what time it is? Hey, pal, buy a watch. Get off my back. I'm just trying to be a friend, man. Can I just not ask for the time? Today we're talking about understanding people. Or get a knife. Don't get a knife. Especially, don't buy your wife a knife set on three easy payments. And then give her the knife. And then make her pay the payments. Isn't that right, James? I guess so. I've learned my lesson. Never James, again. Uh, James is the doctor of passion. He has a whip. That's my and, eye winking. Is that your eye winking? Yeah. That's right. Uh, James, as the doctor of passion um, that you are, you need to learn, you know, a, a birthday present should not lead to a monthly payment. Okay. Especially when the person that I'm giving the present to has to make that said payment. Yes. Store that away. I'm writing that in my book of knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's 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 my little point from the coach's corner. Today. Okay. That's a good point. Okay. Yep. I'm here to serve. So here's the deal, folks. Uh, some of you don't know, but I am um, I'm a world-class coach. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. And uh, I spend all day, every day uh, that I'm not on the radio show um, – working with people and doing what we can to help people understand each other. I've written a book, by the way. You might want to check it out. It's a really good book called Starve Stuff. Sean's bought 40 of them. Apparently he loses, Cause I'm hungry. He loses books a lot. <laughs> Feeding the seven basic needs. Now, here's what I teach, though, uh, in that book. I teach what I call four spirits of understanding. Sometimes I found it's easier to teach somebody to get a spirit of an idea rather than to teach them the skill. Because the skill, they don't always know what to say when it comes to relating somebody, but they might get the overarching spirit of what it should feel like. So let me give you an example. These are four spirits to understand another human being. First spirit, when you're dealing or interacting with somebody, you should try to take a position of inviting more understanding instead of interrogating them or attacking. The spirit should be a spirit that you want to know like we were talking about with Beverly earlier, if somebody's late, you don't want to say, so where were you? So that's a spirit of interrogation. Inviting is more, hun, we were really concerned. You're important to us. You matter to yeah. us. Help me understand where you've been. What's going on? It's a different spirit. Why didn't you do your homework instead of, did you have something that kept you from doing yeah. your homework? I mean, I know how you're doing great in your classes, but then I got this call today, and all right. of a sudden we know you're not doing your homework. So so one of the things you can do is give a little bit more of the data as to why you're worried. You know, we got a call, and we care about you, and so it's just a different spirit. And when somebody is approached from their parents or someone they love, and you feel this spirit of inviting and a real true desire to understand you, you're more likely to go with them. Then if you feel like they're attacking you, they're beating you up, 
One of the keys to that is remove your judgment and focus more on the data instead of the interpretation. We've been talking about that a lot today. Uh, Let me give you another one. Here's another spirit. The spirit of understanding versus debating. So if you listen to the average discussion or argument or fight between a couple, you're probably not going to hear a spirit of somebody understanding each other. You're going to hear somebody, the spirit of debate, of argument, of discussion. The word discussion and con- uh, comes from the same root word as concussion and percussion, which is kind of a back and forth ping pongy conversation. If you feel concussion, percussion in a discussion, you're probably not going to be liking it. You're going to run. So instead, let me just, I, I'm trying to understand your story. So you're mad about this and then just help me understand it. D- don't judge it. Leave it open. Give me more information. Why, what else were you thinking? How else was this going? Instead of saying, uh, so where were you on the 4th of July mm-hmm. at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? If you feel like you're trapping somebody, you're probably more into a debate. This, this Westerners rem- are huge into debate. This reminds me of the State Farm commercial with Jake on the other end of the phone. Yeah. Who is that? Jake, Jake from State Farm. <laughs> what are you wearing, Jake? <laughs> Khakis. <laughs> Jake sounds disgusting. <laughs> well, Jake's a, girl, a guy. <laughs> Isn't that? It's it. <laughs> it is. So versus understanding. Now, you get it at 3 in the morning. Yeah, you're exactly. down, yeah. Your husband's down talking right, Well, especially when the husband's on the phone going, yeah, yeah I'm married. Right. What does that matter? <laughs> yeah. It sounds, like, it sounds like her husband's kind of lacks emotional intelligence. Right. Yeah. So, you know, they've got other problems. Uh, so think of yourself in your last conversations. Do you try to have a spirit of inviting information or interrogating? Do you have a spirit of understanding somebody, or is it always more about debate? By the way, the minute you're arguing facts, you're in trouble. The minute you're arguing um, and, like, you're, you're trying to debate each other, you just go watch your average political debate. There's not oh, yes. a lot of understanding going on. <laughs> so if you feel like you're running for an office, you're probably in the spirit <laughs> of debate. I've got a question, though. Yeah. So how do you stop being defensive or interrogative when this happens? Especially, you know, right at the beginning when somebody mm-hmm. – I mean, They're throwing something if, at you. Yeah, if somebody attacks you, well, how, do you how do you stop yourself from doing that? Well, you know, you can medicate. Okay. That's one way. But, but some, I mean, in, in the moment, no, you're – But that's, that's, what we, that's one of the keys to this is you've got to know yourself well enough to know what your triggers are. Okay. So if you know that, oh, anytime they disrespect me. So one of my triggers is, um, is respect. And the thing about – for example, if my, my kids will come home and they'll say, where's mom? This will be like at night and it's like on a Friday. And I'm like, I don't know. She's like – they say, can I have a over? Can I have a sleepover? Right. And I'm like, no, no. We're not doing sleepovers. We've got stuff to do tomorrow. So no. Yeah. And then they'll just say immediately, so where's mom? Yeah. I've gotten that. And I'm like, no, your mother's, your mother's dead. <laughs> Mom's not here anymore. Mom left us. So don't call mom. Well, I just want to ask mom. The minute they're – see, to me, that disrespects me. So that is this trigger that starts to go off in I me. See. So once you, one, one, re, one way, Sean, is know your triggers. Another way is – um, and this is what makes being in a relationship like a marriage so much better is my wife also has a responsibility to not try to trigger me. Right. So one way that we can learn to do this as a couple is she could try to say it in a way that doesn't – that is more inviting instead of interrogating. And I, if I know my triggers and I try to be more calm and my wife knows my triggers and she tries to not ignite our, each other's triggers, then all of a sudden we might have a shot – Mm-hmm. 
Another way that I teach is once I start to feel like I'm getting hijacked, I call that hijacked when my chemistry is taking over, I actually intentionally get more into their story and try to just paraphrase what I hear them saying. Okay. Now, one reason, because that puts me in a different brain when I'm talking to them. If I'm in my low fight or flight brain, I'm not listening anymore. I'm just preparing to dominate. Yeah, instead of putting on the gloves. Mm-hmm. But when I'm actually trying to understand. So let me get, make sure what you're saying. But not like throwing jabs in on that. Statement. No. So what you're saying is you feel this and this and this, and it makes you feel this, and it does this. So focus more on them instead, of, instead of you. Mm-hmm. Stephen Covey called that being a faithful translator. Okay. Translating exactly what they're feeling and their content is, and, and you be faithful to that. And that takes your brain out of the reactive brain. So those are a few ways to do it. And also just practicing it. The more you practice it, you know, it's kind of like how do these MMA fighters stay in the ring? I mean, I'd be freaking out. Me too. That guy just kicked me in the face. Exactly. So I'd be freaking out. But they actually can remain fairly calm, even though they just got totally pummeled. Yeah. But part of it is because they're used to being in that space. And they can figure out their body's used to handling some of the tension. Most of us don't stay in the conversation long enough to get used to staying in tension. I see. We fight and then we run. We hit and we run. We fight and we run. We, we beat each other. A few more. I, I listen for a few words and then watch TV. That's it. Then I take a nap. I'm so sleepy. Uh, another one is we got to have the spirit of cooperating versus competing. The last thing you need to be competing on in your marriage is how to discipline your kids. That should be a process that's cooperative, not competitive. Or having dinner, what we're going to have for dinner, should not turn into a competition. That's why my wife, I will, I will often say, how 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 are we going to handle this to start a conversation? Mm -hmm. I may have an idea in my head already about something that my child has done, right? But we will discuss it usually, and because it's also going to have to be implemented cooperatively. Yes. So if you win a fight and you win the competition and finally we're going to do – we're going to go where dad wanted to go for dinner. Mm -hmm. Can you predict how that dinner is going to go? (laughs) It's not going to be pretty. And even though they're all there, they're all going to make you pay. And they're getting free dinner. That's exactly right. And it's going to be miserable. So so that's another – just the last rule is very simple. Make sure that your conversations are about growing instead of just groaning. Meaning, don't make this all just about a groan fest where we complain and it's negative. Let's start noticing where things are working. Let's talk about what's good. Let's make sure. I believe 80% of what we uh, are arguing about or having a discussion on with somebody where we have disagreement, I believe 80% of what we're saying we actually agree on. So it's the 90% or the 80%. I would build that up and say, you know what? It sounds like we're together on a lot of this. I hear that we we feel similarly about this and this and this. I agree with you here. I admit I did this. I apologize. And then there's just this little 10%. Let your conversations be just have 10% of the groaning, the problem. Uh, 80% where we're together. Just, you know few ideas for you. Four spirits of understanding. If you want more information about the coaching we're doing and all the different things I do, just go to my website, matttownsend.com. Three words, by the way, matttownsend.com. One man, three words. Sounds weird. We're going to take a break. Guess who's in the house? Meg Conley's here. Meg Conley from Meg in Progress will be joining us. A lot of times this goes sideways, folks. A lot of times this just goes crazy. So we're going to see how we uh, how we handle this today. Welcome, uh, you know, to Meg when she gets here, and thanks for listening, my friends. We're going to take a break right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you just got Rick Rowe. <laughs> Rick Astley, never going to give you up, Meg. I feel like you guys just like specifically find songs I've never heard of before. You've never to heard play of for this? my intro. I've never heard it. What? Do you not? Is that have, a comment on me more than your music selection? Do you not have a pair of leg warmers? No, no, I don't. I don't think I ever did. Actually, this was great aerobic music. I had I had stirrup pants in 1990. Do you remember those? Oh yeah. But that's about as. I have a picture of a horse jockey right here. They sure. wear stirrups. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. Wait, Sean's Sean's got something to say. Chomping just, at the bit. I'm just wondering, as internet savvy as you are, Meg. Oh, I'm not internet savvy. <laughs> Her You've website never heard doesn't of even work. Rolled? No. Oh, jeez. What is that? Is it like a sushi thing? A yeah. Rick roll? Oh, I love the Rick roll. Oh, the Rick roll is so good. <laughs> mm, and the Hollywood roll. You know what? And sushi in Utah, like, have you had sushi? There's oh, always yeah. like mayonnaise in it, or they're like oh, yeah. fried. That's not mayonnaise. Or like cream cheese. Have you had it? It's awful. <laughs> Probably is a Rick roll here. Have you ever had the Jello pudding pop roll? Here's the thing: you are not far off. I went to an establishment that will not be named. Let's name it. No, I can't. Okay, but it was. Just tell I'm me like, later. I'm going through it, and I'm like, none of this. It's not even fusion at that point. Like, it's just no. It's not fusion. It's offensive. No, it's was it was it out of a car? Did they were no, they selling what? the no. rolls out of a car? No. Do you know someone who does that? I I no. buy burritos out of cars and tamales, but I don't think I'd buy. Fish, raw fish. Well, it's not even real fish. Out of a car. No, here a lot of the time it isn't. Crab with a K, which I guess is real fish. Mm. <laughs> I love crab with a K. I love the one that's like steak and like French fries and like Ooh. rolled up. Have you? No, it's I awful. I haven't had that. You want it though, don't you? Actually, no. You can't help yourself. Sound, that doesn't you can, sound the, like good sushi. It's the Utah sushi. blood coursing through your veins. <laughs> that's so gross. Is it made of seahorse? Oh, sad. I don't like where that went. <laughs> you, I forgot. You love your seahorse. <laughs> Who doesn't? They're I adorable. think they're, they're not adorable, <laughs> but they're great stir fried. I can't even. I can't even continue this conversation. I didn't know you were so into the sea life. I only eat ugly things. They don't deserve to live, but the beautiful things. <laughs> oh, you just had about a thousand vegans roll over in their grave. Do you think you have a thousand vegan listeners? I have two thousand. Do you really? Mm-hmm. I would love to do a call-in show someday where we tally your vegan we, listeners. No, we invited them over for a barbecue. All two of them. None of them showed. <laughs> so rude. Barbecue. Barbecue. Hey, Meg Conley yeah. from Meg in Progress That's is me. her website. Uh, it's her, her website is usually up and running twice a week, uh, Wednesdays from 3 to 5. I just don't want to give your site too much competition. You really do. You're, <laughs> no, but you do. You're the real deal. Meg Conley yeah. uh, has two kidlets. That's me. Uh, Zuzu and Viola. You got it right. Uh, they both; those are their nicknames. Neither, neither. They also have real names that that they don't even know. Yep. It's a, right? Yeah. It's it's. It, I, I wrote it in invisible ink on their birth certificate. Cute kids. They're very cute. They are mm, yep, cute. They're adorable. Uh, and then here's the deal. Yes. Um, you are kind of strange. Sure, I'll I'll take that. And yes. I mean that. From, I own that. You do. You, yeah. You, you're a star. You've been on Good Morning America. Medium. Medium star. <laughs> a medium rare star. Yes. But you've been on Good Morning America. Uh-huh. You've been on Nightline. Yeah. 
Uh, and that was for an embezzlement, embezzlement scandal. Sure, right. Luckily, I got parole. So uh-huh. that and then out. the Steve Harvey show actually had to do something with your blog. Right, right. <laughs> you, run, <laughs> you run a great blog, Meg in Progress. Here's Thank the you. deal. Yes. Have you ever um, been irritated by another human? Yes. Is that human in the room? I will not answer that. Pass. So that is a yes. <laughs> no, you guys have never irritated me. We don't irritate. Really and truly, you haven't. Um, I'm not easily irritated anymore, I know, which what is what I'm we're going to talk about. Well, so talk about that. So how do you not be irritated by all of these people that don't get how great you are? Sure. Well, well, listen, I think we spend a lot of time, and it's good time, figuring out how to be ourselves. Yeah. But we don't spend very much time figuring out how to let other people be themselves. Because, it's true. Because we feel like, oh, well, if you just fix this one thing. If or you just, yeah. Right. But, okay, so I went to a funeral on Saturday. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, it was just a, a very... Uh, dear amazing woman in my life and she she passed away from cancer Mm. and so i went down to her funeral and i feel like for better or worse funerals are places of great insight right Mm -hmm. and this woman was i mean probably the best woman i've ever met really really and truly just amazing just amazing and so so one of the things that her sister said about her in her eulogy and it was totally true was that she took everyone exactly how they were and she loved them for yes. their, um, you know, perceived faults mm-hmm. as well as the things that they were good at or good about. How did she, okay, how does she do that? She was, she was, and I do not use this word often, but literally the most loving person I've ever met. I mean, she That's was, great. she was full of love. But mm-hmm. so one story her sister said, so her sister was, so this, this, this woman who passed, her name was Lana and she, um, she was very organized and very on top of mm-hmm. things. Early to everything. Well, very, your birthday card in the mail early, that kind of thing. Very right? unlike you. No, it's not like me at all. Right. So she's like a mentor. She, well, she was just so her sister sounded a lot like me, mm-hmm. um, kind of disheveled, disheveled, disheveled. And, and disorganized. Fantastic though, energetic. Sure, bubbly. Yeah, sure, great yeah. writer. I think. Well, yeah, I don't know if her sister might write. Sure, yeah. but, <laughs> but she said so. Her sister said that for Lana's birthday this year. Um, she didn't put Lana's card in the mail until about five days after her birthday. And she said she thought as she was putting it in the mail, Lana is going to love this because she knows I'm <laughs> always late for everything. Yeah. So she's going to get this card 10 days late and say, isn't that just like her? Like Cute. it is just like yeah. her to get this to me late. So so here's the thing. We need to love people for their flaws as well as the things that we think are positive mm-hmm. about them. So like, do you know much about perfume? Uh, I'll pass on that. Yeah, no. so you no, do. You know, ten. Even if I did, and, <laughs> I would not answer that. Okay, yes. so I'm not talking about like the stuff that you get at Walmart or or even like the Nordstrom and the big bottle. I'm talking about like perfume, right? The stuff that's oh, actually distilled yeah. from flowers like the, and the, you the know. very expensive half an ounce, like, well, like costs a hundred dollars. Like stuff. Polo. I'm sure Polo makes a uh, a High real. End. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the low end. Right, so I'm talking the high end yeah, stuff. Okay, no, no, I don't know so anything about it. So you smell it, and it smells like delicious. Either it's it's musky or floral, whatever mm-hmm. you know. This, this or stinky. Sure, whatever the scent yeah. is. Okay, so even like that beautiful floral scent, like uh-huh. or a Chanel Number no. Five. The way that they get that scent is they also also have to um, incorporate a discordant note, so that you can pick up. 
the beauty of the oh, perfume. There has to be something rancid, a rancid note in every perfume in order for the nose to, to hear it, to pick up the high to note, pick up the, the high note. notes, That's right? Cool. And so, and so we're kind of like that, right? Yes. Like we all have these discordant notes uh-huh. that make us ourselves, That's and they are just as important as the floral high notes. Mm-hmm. So we need to stop trying to remove those from people. Some things need to be stinky. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Well, a we little, need we need the stink bit. in order to understand the beautiful. In order to have complexity, you need to have complexity. And yes. that's difficult for us to understand, but if we start accepting that so and so is always late or, you know, Midge is flaky or Bob is um, talks through movies, like whatever it is. Who's Midge? We're able to. Here's the thing. I said Midge because she's a woman I know. Okay. And she is the least flaky person okay. I've ever okay. met that's in good. my entire life. I've never known but, a Midge. Oh, yeah. She's a sweetheart. No, that sounds but, cute. But um, so, so, so we need to be able to like envelop like the actual complete yeah. comprehensive person. I love that. Or else we won't ever know, like you're saying, they're high notes. You need the good to know the bad. Exactly. And, and, and and the, but that's the complexity of a right. human. And and relative bad, right? Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, I mean, what what is horrible to us or totally drives us crazy is endearing to another person. Mm-hmm. Everything's relative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I would love to be the kind of person that when, um, you know, Riley forgets to call me when he said he was going to call me, I'm like, Riley's isn't your that, husband isn't, forgets to call you, right? I would love to be the type of person who says, like, isn't that just like him? Oh, cute. He always gets, like, cute he always gets all Riley. wrapped up in his work. Oh, oh, I just want to squeeze yeah. his cheeks. Yeah. Instead of, like, what the heck? Like, that is it. <laughs> when you get home, right. I will kill you. Right. Yeah, see, that would be bad. But if we're willing, like, like Lana, for example, probably had faults. We all oh, do. Yeah. But because she was so loving and so effervescent about her happiness in people. Do I need to be quiet? No. I feel like I need... No? No, no. We're not going to break well, you it. Got, well, you got one minute. You got one second. <laughs> because she was so much like that, people stopped perceiving her faults. See, I couldn't name one. See, so that's how, you be, that's how you become acceptable to people, is by upping your love. Exactly. And it all comes around. And that's we all really smell good. like Chanel number no. 5. Uh, that just reminded me, I took my son's football team home. In my car. Oh, yeah. And you know what's great? I still smell it. There were no floral notes there. Uh, Dissonance. No. (laughs) Yeah, lots of dissonance. But I I do honestly appreciate a good smell now. Sure, sure. (laughs) Whenever I can find it. It's just not in my car. (laughs) We're going to take a break. More with Meg Conley from Meg in Progress when we come back. And she's going to teach us more about perfume and smells. (laughs) Up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. My girl from The Temptations. In-house today, the great tempter, Meg Conley. Temptress. Well, temptress, yeah. It's called temptress. <laughs> I, like, I like words of gender. Do you, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course you do. Meg Conley's in the house. Uh, mother of Zuzu and Viola. Sure, they sound like puppy dog names. Viola is like a classic is name. It? Yeah. Like, your listeners, probably 30% of grandmothers named Viola. Doubt it. Probably. I've met a lot of over 80 violas. <laughs> I have. There's more. It's more like a Mildred. Yeah. Midge. 
Mid- Midge. That's a cute name, right? Midge is a great name. Short if you're for Margaret. Eight. Oh, is that what yeah. it is? Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, I once had a Midge. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I've heard that song. Oh, that's a great yeah. song. <laughs> I once had a Midge. <laughs> hey, uh, Meg. Yeah. People. Sure. Um, let's just imagine the world without them. Okay. Good or bad? That would be bad. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to, I'm giving you a test. Some hard hitting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you like people and yes. you think we should just be able to let others be themselves. Yeah. And let me tell you that clarifies your life, right? Yeah. I mean, I spent, you know, I'm, I'm 29, so I can say the majority <laughs> of my, <laughs> How old are you? I'm 29. I turned 30 in February, which oh, like, wow. that's going to be very That'll grown be, up. There's a yeah. big 3-0. So you guys put that on a calendar what is that? somewhere. Three decades? Three decades. But I spent a majority of my adult life being frustrated yeah. with people because really? I felt like they should change. I felt like so they really, should see things my way. So what you're saying is you've pretty much spent the last eight years. Sure. I haven't had much adulthood. Do you but, know that I have not, shoes that not, are 29 years old? Not even the past eight years, I'd say. Because I, I, I changed around 27. You, well, you I started. Later. I've matured. Around 27, I really matured. The last matured. couple of years. The last couple of years, things have been, been better. You've been really bugged by people. <laughs> but, but from about 29. 18 to you know 26-ish, like I was... I was frustrated with people. Why don't they get it? I use the word idiot a lot. Yes. Like, oh, that guy's just an idiot. Yeah, that like, sounds negative. Sure, it is negative. A lot of people take that negative. Sure, sure. I wouldn't say it to their faces. Okay. But, You'd say it behind their back. Behind their backs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I just felt like, why don't you just get this right? Mm-hmm. Or why don't why don't you understand this? Why don't you change this? And here's the thing. That's ridiculous. Why? Right? why? But that's half the people driving out there are like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People that are idiots. Me. They are. There's an idiot right there. Well, here's the thing. If you see people, if you look for faults, you're going to find faults, oh, right? Yeah, totally. But I am the most flawed person I've ever met or read about or thought no, about. No, but let's be real. And so- There's no, no. Come on. Come on. Completely. You're not the most I, thawed. I, I know you. No, really. No, seriously. <laughs> but, but So you're saying that to feign humility- or no. you really think you're the most thawed person you've met? I am the most flawed person I've met. Absolutely. No. Totally. But well, here's you the know thing. all the flaws. Well, and that might be part of it, right? Yeah. But those years when I was so frustrated with people for these little itsy-bitsy things or misunderstandings or misconceptions um, were also the years where I hated myself the most. There you go. Where I was crippled you by what angry, I perceived were, yeah. to be my, my inefficiencies. Mm-hmm. And so once I decided to just really love people for their, you know, the rancid notes yeah. as well as the floral notes, yeah. I suddenly was able to love myself. That's cool. That was huge. And so it was kind of like this great like service project and, and everything, everything has been better since then. What did you do specifically to love yourself and let all of your oddities... Let's yeah, call yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> Go. I mean, because um, you would think the oddities would keep bugging you because they're always in front of you. Like, oh, there it is again. Sure, but I just decided I was enough. Like, I lose things all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I will have something in my hand and I don't remember putting it down. <laughs> no, like this, this this probably never happens to you, but I, I cannot remember putting it down. And I'll look down at my hand and I'll go, where did the keys go? I know I had them. And they'll take me an hour and a half to find them. <laughs> it's horrible. It's like the absent-minded professor. And it used to, I would like rage cry about yeah. it. Because why can't I fix this about yeah. myself? This yeah. is so ridiculous. I'm late to everything. Yeah. I'm still late to everything. And here's the thing. I've done some things to try and fix that. But I've also just decided like I'm a person who loses things. Yeah. Have you ever heard of... Um, That's okay. 
Have you ever heard of a pocket? Sure. Yeah. Just push yeah, them right in there. Girl pockets are like smaller. Have you ever heard of a carabiner? No. It's a little clip you just hook on your keys and hook it to your, you know, a lot of janitors will hook their keys sure. onto their That would belt. be cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've just, I've just decided it's okay. So I'm a person who's late. I'm a person who um, sometimes over promises and under delivers, uh-huh. but tries to make up for it in the end. Gosh, you sound I'm, just like me. <laughs> I'm, a person who, I'm a person who loses things. Yeah. That's okay because those things are balanced out by other really excellent qualities. And so, as name as, a few of those. Oh, that's harder, right? No, I know. I've got a million. I that's, want. I want to know if you know what your good um, qualities. I, th- are. I think I'm very compassionate. Eh. And I. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm very compassionate. You are. But here's the thing. When you're able, I can see myself. Like So so these things that we hate about ourselves, right? It's like clutter. And and now that I've accepted them, now that I've owned them, I can see who I really am beneath mm. them. So once you own the clutter, like other people's clutter, yeah. you can see who those people really are. That's great. And once you see who they really are, you truly love them. Mm-hmm. Like, like, love them. Like, you are my sister. You are my brother. I love you. Not just tolerate. Not just tolerate. Not just put up with. Not you just deal them. with You them. feel a connection. That's like, you great. feel like there's a string between your two hearts and you understand their souls. Cool. And so that's huge. It's like a superpower. And it makes it easy. Mm. <laughs> that was yesterday's show, Meg. Was it really? Yeah, we talked about superheroes. I mean, yesterday. I totally listened. Well, uh, who's your favorite superhero? <laughs> Don't even get me started on this, right? Because Margaret wants to be a superhero for Midge? Halloween, but there's only Wonder Woman. Like, there are no, no cool sh- girl superheroes. Hey, ISIS. Black Widow. ISIS? Like, the the Islamic mm-hmm. state of... <laughs> it's not that ISIS. <laughs> From the 70s, there was a a superhero named ISIS. No, but there are no, like, currently relevant female superheroes. Have you ever heard of Captain Citrus Girl? No. (laughs) She sells. I tried to make up a superhero for her. I was like, you are. Uh, what did I say she was? Captain Empowerment. And I was like, you like, I was oh, going to make her geez. an E-cape. And like, but she hated it. Yeah, I've got one. <laughs> I've got, I've got it. I've got one for you. The Midgenator. That would be cool. The Midgenator. Like, like you destroy midges though? She's a midge. No. Margaret. Oh, midge. like, okay. I see that. And she's a nader. Yeah. Not like Ralph, Ralph Nader. Ralph Nader. So she's Greenpeace. She's totally. The show is gone very, off the rails. No, she's the midgenator. She's the midge that terminates. Sure. Other. Well, that's another option. I'll try people. that. I think she's just going to be Wonder Woman, which whatever. It's not my first choice, but it's get like her, the only choice. Get her a lasso of truth. Well, that's what she said. I was like, what does Wonder Woman even do? And she's like, mom, there's like a lasso. Yeah. And when she like lassos the people, she, oh, here's ISIS. Oh, it's like a. Mm-hmm. Oh, an archaeologist gains an amulet that lets her turn into the superheroine goddess Isis and fight mm-hmm. evil. That's cool. Is there a cartoon with that? She'll only be interested. No, she's no not but interested. it's all over the news right now. Yeah, yeah. That is crazy. That's that kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. That's, if you had lived in the 70s, you would have known that. Well, so there are those superpowers. And then also the superpower to love people, which I think. She could just be love. She could just be. I tried it. I was like, but yeah, I don't know. I want to start like. There needs to be a cooler superhero girl for sure. Let's make one up. Hey, write a book about it. I'm in. Done. <laughs> I'll help you. The Midgenator. Maybe that won't work. Probably won't. There's a lot of midges out there like, he's taking my name in vain. Yeah, well, you just lost a dozen listeners. Because I don't imagine there's a lot of midges. You just told me there was a million midges. Well, there, I bet there's like five. Uh, I actually, they, <laughs> have you ever heard of the Million Midge March? <laughs> no. 
huge. <laughs> You're having so much fun. I'm so glad I used the word Midge. That's one of my favorite words now. <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I still had children to name. <laughs> it's a good name. It, I love it, that it name. It doesn't even have to have. It doesn't have to have anything to do with Margaret. I guess that you could. I guess you could have more babies. Maybe it's time. <laughs> I'll call Marty. Yeah, that's not. Tell her you're in. It's. I'm so tired. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, it's really Another, rough for you, like being away from the house all day mm. and like sitting here and talking. Oh, it's so tired. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think Marty's tired. <laughs> Meg shows up one minute early. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. Throws down 27 minutes, <laughs> wipes her forehead, done, and walks away. Like hey, I'll start coming for all three hours. You can't handle three hours. <laughs> hey, um, Mama Midge. Yes. Um, so tell me once again. Yes. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Okay. Number one way to let others be themselves is first understand, let you be yourself. Sure. Right. Take take the good with the bad. Right. Figure out how to own, like own it. Just own it. My mom used to say that all the time. Just like, own it. That's yeah. Cool. Like she'd... Um, I'd make a mess when I was little and I'd be like, no, well, it was because so-and-so came over and blah, blah. And she'd be like, just own it. Own it. Like, just own it. You did it. Yeah. And so just own it. Own did who she, you are. Did she, did she slap you? Yeah. Backhanded me. Own it. But see, she, she's because you wanted a story. Sure. Cause you were I always wanted, making up stories. Sure, I wanted to find, well, and I wanted to find a way that it wasn't my fault. But here's the thing. Like, we all have flaws. Just own them and move on and figure out who you really are, you know, beyond all those things. And then once and you do that, with them. and once you, so you're, like you said, once you get your bad stink, <laughs> you can smell your good stink. I think discordant note is a better. <laughs> you think that's <laughs> better than bad stink? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And then, and then you're able to perceive the good things about yourself too. So everyone, everyone is this beautiful Hundred dollar a half ounce per, perfume, parfum, and so and so once you once you decide that that's you know an accurate descriptor of humankind, mm-hmm. yeah. just run with it. It's fun. It's so much more fun that way. So what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> let me just make sure I get this. Is let's say on the way in, I stepped in some doggy stuff. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> I have a hundred dollar perfume on. Yeah. You're telling me the doggy stuff. Will make that perfume smell better. No, because the the rancid note is already in the perfume, and it's and oh, this oh, is a so super. So I don't need more. Wait, here's more metaphor. That's this it? is each rancid note is carefully selected for the 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 high notes in the perfume, ah, right? So you're like balanced. And so it's yeah, and so it's unique, and so ah, each all of our flaws are going to be unique to the good things about ourselves. Do you think God kind of did that? Uh, well, sure. I think I think so. Why not? I, mean, I, I don't know that he had to make the mix. I think. But I think we we have we live a life where we we balance absolutely our junk with our good absolutely. stuff absolutely and just own it and move on like stop beating yourself up and stop beating other people up your I life like will be so much happier I like it it'll be so much love all you need is love when are you gonna play that song James I don't know it's just it's it never seems to resonate with your <laughs> stuff it's weird I guess that's just the discordant note. <laughs> Thank you did it again. Oh, I'm always bringing it, Matt. Well, I mean, it's amazing. You are. You're always bringing it. I'm just it. kidding. You're really fun. You're great to have on the show. I love being here. I look and forward I, to everyone's day. I, I appreciate your parole officer letting you come. Yeah, yeah. She's very nice. She's standing out she's there. She's fantastic. So she'll have to escort me out. That's neat. Yeah, yeah. It's really neat. We Plus, have a good I like your ankle bracelet. That's fantastic. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Meg's going to hang around, I'm sure, uh, because she doesn't want to miss this. Mike is going to teach us... About Lost in Translation. 
Sometimes we don't understand yeah. each other because things are lost. Sure. In tra- like your discordant note. I call yeah. it stinky. Sure. Stinky whatever. You're right. Lost stinky whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, more with Meg in progress. Meg Conley's with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Wrapping up the Matt Townsend Show today. The last block. Uh, guaranteed to be more exciting than the previous two. <laughs> right, Meg? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Meg, you're so fun to bug. Because you fake <laughs> sadness. I'm crying. She could care less. <laughs> hey, in the house uh, right now, Miguel Pond. Also Howdy. known as Michael Pond, also known as Javelin Boy. And Clark Kent. Superman. Incarnate. Many different names. Don't you think he looks like Superman? Yeah, you could see that. Yeah, You should have seen him in tights yesterday. Oh, dear. Fantastic. I don't think I want to do that again, though. That was weird. Hey, next time get tights that fit. Don, yeah, Don took me aside. Yeah. He did not like that. There was a lot of complaints. (laughs) Still laughing. I just literally have nothing to say. Internal investigation (laughs) is still pending by HR. uh, By the way, tell HR if they need pictures, got some. We're not supposed to talk about it, but... uh, Well, we just did. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> hey, uh, Mike, what, what are you going to talk – teach us? What do we need to know about Lost in Translation? What do you mean? Oh, gosh. Languages are very interesting. So I had the opportunity to go to Finland. You lived, lived there for, there. for, Show for two years. And say, I, say something in Finnish. Paiva. Mita sinule kulu. I don't know. It's hard when you put me on the spot. Yeah, that was Italian. <laughs> no, no. I said, I said, good day. How are you doing? Oh, is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. I think cool. you said it wrong. Uh, but uh, I was at, I was there as a missionary, and one experience I was talking about with Sean earlier that I really want to share because it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> so we we knock on this woman's door. We we were going to meet with her, but uh, we wanted to come back when her husband was there. Yeah, yeah. So I've got this guy. I've been there for a while, about a year, and uh, he, he. I turned to him to let him speak some Finnish to her, and he says, uh, in perfect Finnish. Um, a frog is going to come back and kill your husband <laughs> instead of saying, can we come back when your husband's home? Sure. And she just looked oh, completely shocked. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. A frog is going to come back and kill you. It was like perfect is accent. Like I was Italian like, accent? great job. That? No, that's just – I'm trying to do it. And so it sounds like it's a language, but I'm doing it with a deeper voice. Yeah, sure. I like it. Hey, next time let's not have Meg here. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say that in Finnish? Ensikerta eme halua Meg mukana. Mukana, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me you didn't see Mukana in that one. Hey, uh, so your friend, did he know he made a mistake? He had no clue. Did you say, what's with the frog? No, we just laughed. (laughs) Did the woman laugh? The woman laughed after I started laughing. Yeah. Did they they invite you back? Uh, Yeah, we got to go back. Um, and I just had to simply – it's a difference between just a few syllables. Very uh-huh. slight mistake. Is. But did, did a frog appear? No. No okay. frogs appeared and <laughs> no, frogs no animals no were frogs harmed were in, no frogs in, were uh, that little adventure there. So do you have more crazy misinterpretations, lost in translations? Well, that was just a good example. And I do. I have, I have a few. I, I told somebody that uh, 
could we come back uh, and kill you sometime later? Wow. You know, cause kill, it's, so kill it like sounds like a lot to, of words. So to meet with somebody is tapa. Okay. And to, to, uh, to kill them is tapa. So, wow. Sure, yeah, I heard no difference yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. It's th- by the syllables, the c- double consonants is just extended a little bit. Well, that's bit. Okay. probably why the church isn't growing in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They laughed. And it's a sad truth. Everyone's in, alive. Uh, in Argentina, you can, in Spanish, you can sometimes take an American word and just, you know, make it Spanish. Sure. <laughs> Very occasionally. Well, so the word okay. embarrassed. In Spanish, you'd say you you don't say this, but you would think it would mean embarazado. Oh yeah, but that's not no. that's not correct. You know what that means? Yeah. What? Pregnant. Pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> you pregnant. know, my dad. So these are all mission stories. But my dad, when he went on his mission to Germany, he um, was telling an investigator about the first first vision story, which yeah. is something that it's LDS, everyone's got to sure. know about Joseph Smith. Yeah, yeah. Joseph Smith, and um, and he said, and a warm chestnut came. And appeared to Joseph Smith. And <laughs> instead of like was, God. Sure. So instead of God appearing to sure. this young boy, a warm chestnut. Yeah, fire ro- Ooh, yeah, roasting, roasted chestnut. That's fire. what it was. Yeah. Yummy. Right. And the investigator was like, weirdest religion <laughs> ever. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like chestnuts. <laughs> sure. But I don't was see what huge? that has to do with God. Was it small? Was it Christmas time? <laughs> yeah. That is so they can weird. Be rough. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh, that is lost in translation. Yeah. Michael, you have some more? Uh, to yeah. Quit talking, man. You know, <laughs> here, here's a few. Just if you go on the internet and you search bad translations, yeah. there's so there's many a lot. good examples of uh, just these signs that have just been horribly translated. <laughs> and one of them here, I don't know if you want to read some of these, Meg. Oh, uh, we, Just silently to myself. To everyone. <laughs> it says, take care, fall into water carefully. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, Sad. Be aware of invisibility. Mm. Superpower. No, super true, though. I want to go to that park. Nothing. Mm, my favorite is beat the moose. What were they trying to say there? Ooh. It was Korean. I don't know. Those were those were famous last words. Mm-hmm. Hey, go beat the moose. <laughs> moose are terrifying. <laughs> you know what? Don't mess with the moose. No. What do you think they were trying to say? Not, I, I, I wish the website I think had said, like what it should have said. Don't the moose. Beat them, and then there's a no smoking sign right next to it, though. Ooh, oh yeah, don't smoke with the moose. <laughs> I'm not sure, but you know what? Haven't at least they're trying to speak English. Like we don't even no, try to. We don't no. even put our sign into other languages. Way to go, other countries. Thank Way to you. go. Way to get people trampled by moose. <laughs> the, these two were my favorite. There's one that says, "Dying right here is strictly f- prohibited." Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then they've got a fire extinguisher, and it says, "Hand grenade." That's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> Have you ever used a fire extinguisher? Yes. Terrifying. I wouldn't yes. say it's a hand grenade because I'm still living after I used it. That's true, but Good it point. feels like there's a lot of force. But you know, I got knocked over by one. But once. if somebody is on fire. You'd probably rather have a fire extinguisher than a hand sure. grenade. Sure, that's a fair point. That's so, a very so fair point. you know, a lot of people yeah. won't even use it because a hand looks... grenade would probably still put out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> it would put out a lot. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Well, I think <laughs> kind of dark humor here on a Wednesday. <laughs> anyway, well, I was looking at these signs and I was thinking about, man, those are some pretty intense language barriers, you know. It's, but I was thinking about how even when we speak the same language, yes. oh yeah. There can be lots of miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you remember the, the whole fiasco with the horns between me and Maddie. Do you remember that? That is oh, very yes. vague. They had horns. What does that mean? Yeah. No, Matt, this was tragic. 
it Maddie was horrible. Actually, I totally, completely Maddie's misunderstood. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Maddie. Sean, I'm so sorry. Sean brought home from a preview of the sh- movie Maleficent. Sure. The horns, a fake set of horns. Oh, yeah. Oh, my girls would love that. And they gave the horns movie. to Maddie Richard. Okay. As sure. A, as an offering of peace, which we all do regularly. <laughs> sure, sure. And Maddie, like an out of Greek love, goddess. because y- you, I, I was going to go with my uh, girlfriend your to girlfriend. go see this movie. Sure. And uh, she said, hey, it's pro- it'd probably be a good idea. You should borrow them and you know take them to the movie. It, it'd be super funny. But for some reason, I totally missed the word borrow. Yeah. Oh, you're a taker. I so, was. Yeah. I, I he, didn't. I didn't know. He gave them to his girlfriend, now fiance. Oh, used them fiance? as an engagement no, horn no. set. They're now. Did engaged. you put the ring on the horn? Uh-huh. That would be a cool way to propose. Maybe next time. And sure. now, and you can't take it away once you've given a lovely lady a set of horns. You could take it away. Are you joking me? You didn't take them back. No. But now Maddie, she heard it about on the tits. radio. Well, Maddie, you know, total typical girl. No, oh, I, don't, I don't even whoa, want them. Whoa, whoa. I don't whoa. even. Whoa, look okay. at me! Look at no, me! What? You're we so only mad. Have one minute of show. Left? We're, we're going to wrap this <laughs> up <laughs> right now. No, there's You're there's shut only it thirty down seconds left. Well, she's anyway, like, yeah, I don't even want the horns. Turn Meg's mic off. Oh, okay. We oh. know what we're talking about the next wow. show, Matt. Yeah, time's a flying. <laughs> See what happens when Meg comes on the show. Mike's now. May you rest Mike in peace, Bard. Mike. You'll be you'll be Meg's third funeral story on her blog. Um, good Talk job, Talk about Meg. dark humor. Yeah, that was good. Hey, uh, we're out of here. Here's a great quote from Dr. Seuss. We are all a little weird, and life's a little weird, and when we find someone whose weirdness is compatible with ours, we join up with them and fall in mutual weirdness, and we call it love. True. Dr. Seuss. Hey, tomorrow, folks, best of uh, the Matt Townsend Show with Laura Graziano Bruning. We'll be talking about our neurochemistry, how it all works. Meg, thanks for being here. Always. Everybody go check out our website. If it happens to be up, you'll be very lucky. <laughs> Meg in Progress is the name of her site. This is the Matt Townsend Show signing off. Hasta la vista, baby.